we're going to be in the book of Matthew. We're going to be in chapter 15, and we're going to look at a section of scripture. Um, we're going to take a detour out of um, our normal reading, which is in the book of Philippians. And I thought it'd be good that um, I bring uh, this to, to the table so we can be nourished this morning. And uh, may the Lord bless his word. So Matthew 15, specifically, I'm going to focus on the whole section of verses 1 through 20. Um, and we're going to kind of walk through it and, um, and see what the Lord says on this. And today we're going to talk about traditions and the heart of man. Again, traditions and the heart of man. So let us pray. Most gracious Father, we thank you, Lord, for your goodness and for the grace that you have upon each and every one of us day to day, Lord. We thank you for the mercy uh, that is new every morning, Lord. We thank you for the strength that we have. Uh, for the freedom that we have to open up our scriptures and uh, publicly, Lord, just read them publicly, hear them, and speak of them, Lord. Uh, we thank you for that freedom. We pray for our brothers and sisters, which are scattered abroad, God, in different places um, uh, with restrictions upon that, Lord. We pray that you strengthen the church, uh, strengthen um, our brothers and sisters that are in chains, that are in bonds, Lord, that are, that are, that are imprisoned. Uh, we pray that you help us, Lord, and that you nourish our minds this morning here where we are. And you help us focus upon the word of God. And as we come to the table, Lord, we pray that you will nourish our souls, our minds, and that the spirit will lead us into all truth. And um, may the church be nourished uh, this morning. May we grow in grace and truth. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So let's look at uh, Matthew 15. And uh, for the sake of the narrative of, of the whole story, I'm going I'm to read the, that section. Um, and also because it's good for public reading. It was commanded in scripture, so... I thought it would be fitting that we read it. Matthew 15 says, Then some Pharisees, scribes, came to Jesus from Jerusalem and said, Why do your disciples break the tradition of the elders? For they do not wash their hands when they eat bread. And he answered and said to them, Why do you yourselves transgress the commandment of God for the sake of your tradition? For God said, Honor your father and your mother, and he who speaks evil of father or mother is to be put to death. But you say, whoever says to his father or mother, whatever I have that would help you has been given to God. He is not to honor his father or, mother, or his mother. And by this you invalidated the word of God for the sake of your tradition. You hypocrites, rightly did Isaiah prophesy of you, this people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far away from me. But in vain do they worship me, teaching as doctrines the precepts of men." After Jesus called the crowd to him, he said, Hear and understand. It is not what enters into the mouth which defiles the man, but that which proceeds out of the mouth, this defiles the man. Then the disciples came and said to him, Do you know that the Pharisees were offended when they heard this statement? But he answered and said, Every plant which my, he my heavenly Father did not plant shall be uprooted. Let them alone. They are blind guides of the blind. And if a blind man... If a blind, ma blind man guides a blind man, both will fall into a pit. Peter said to him, explain this parable to us. Jesus said, are you still lacking in understanding also? Do you not understand that everything that goes into the mouth passes into the stomach and is eliminated? But the things which proceed out of the mouth come from the heart, and those defile the man. For out of the heart come evil thoughts murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, slanders, these are the things which defile the man. But to eat with unwashed hands does not defile the man. So this morning I want us to visit the Gospel of St. Matthew, all right, and see a part of the teaching of Scripture 
of Jesus regarding traditions and the heart of man. And, um, you know, man's heart, as we know it, is not naturally drawn to God's commandments. It is prone to satisfy the flesh and personal desires, which include traditions. Now, everybody, everybody has traditions. Each and every one of us, we all have traditions. You know, some realize it and some don't realize it. But everybody has traditions that we follow. You know, some have religious traditions. Others have family traditions, cultural traditions, self-cultivated traditions, holiday traditions. While some are good and pure, others are simply bad and impure. And in this section, Jesus was not saying that traditions are bad. Okay, it's important that we note that because I'm going to dive into this subject. Or practicing certain traditions are bad. He's not saying that. It's when we put a higher degree of importance on our traditions over God's word and commandments, then it becomes a sinful tradition. You know, in this section, we have Pharisees, scribes, Jesus, and disciples. These are the key actors here, okay? We have the Pharisees, the scribes, um, and um, Jesus and his disciples. And so the religious folks were very traditional. Okay, now we're talking about this religious tradition and strict on keeping certain practices. And they looked down upon those who didn't. You know, the disciples, as you know, uh, did not have religious backgrounds, right? You know, and possibly didn't practice, you know, um, all these religious rites and cultural traditions as the Pharisees and the scribes. They possibly didn't keep everything, you know, as they did. You know, they question the teacher, Jesus. And they say, why? So the religious folks question Jesus here. So follow the, let's just follow the narrative. Let's just see what the story tells us. You know, why his followers, you know, his students, his disciples, don't practice hand washing when they eat? You know, this was a, a traditional thing uh, you know, for Orthodox Jews. And it is still to this day. You know, it's not that the Pharisees were concerned over personal hygiene and cleanliness. So let's get that out of the way. They were not concerned over personal hygiene. That was not the case. But this was more about keeping certain rituals, you know, and, and, um, and shaming those who didn't. That's what we see. Those who kept them, you know, will shame those who didn't keep them. And that was not commanded by God. Ceremonial washings, which is what it was, you know, or this was oral law and was being elevated as the standard for all. You know, and this was called the Mishnah, which is called the oral law. And this became more important than the Mosaic law, which is the, the, which is the, which is the law of Moses, which is the Old Testament. And so this is where the problem was, that their oral laws, that, that the oral traditions became a lot more important than those that God had commanded and Jesus replies, without care for political correctness, this is Jesus in the scene, why do you yourselves transgress the commandment of God for the sake of your traditions? You know, why are you forsaking what I'm telling you to do for the, for the sake of what you want to do? You know, he was calling out their hypocrisy. You know, they were breaking the commandment of God for the sake of oral traditions, you know, and oral traditions come in many ways, many sizes, many shapes, and many times. So there are all kinds of oral traditions that we have. You know, and as religious folks, they allegedly, you know, were, were to keep the God's law. You know, and God was saying, you look, man, as a religious folk, you claim that you're keeping it, but in reality, you're keeping your oral traditions above what I'm telling you. And he was, so he was calling out their hypocrisy. And that's when Jesus quotes Isaiah 29, 13 to them, which is a verse that they would know very well. 
This people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far away from me. But in vain do they worship me, teaching as doctrines the precepts of men. You know, Jesus was primarily concerned over the heart of man. Better yet, Jesus is primarily concerned over the heart of man than any outward appearance, practice, rituals, traditions. As good as those traditions may be, Jesus is more concerned not about you trying to live a good life, but to be a holy person, that you keep his word. It's not just about trying to live a good life. You know, and so he tells them, hear and understand. So listen to what I'm saying and understand it. That's what Jesus says. It is not what enters into the mouth that defiles a man, but that which proceeds out of the mouth, this defiles the man. He was saying, look, man, if they eat with unclean hands, and that comes into their body, that's not the greatest big deal. What matters more is what's coming out of their mouth, what is in their heart. That is truly what I care about. You know, and this was a shock to them, to the religious folks. Um, you know, Jesus is, like I said, is more concerned over a pure heart than cleanliness and outward appearance. You know, you can disinfect your hands and house, but only Jesus can clean your heart. Let me tell you again, you can disinfect yourself all you want. That is not the priority. You know, we have to be careful that our traditions don't become our religion, who, end up, who we end up worshiping and becomes a dead religion. You know, we have to be careful with this because traditions throughout history have become the religion of the people. Everything that they pick up, whether it be religious, cultural, family, whether it be sociology, whatever it is, whatever we pick up from, from this world, we have to be careful, as good as they may be, that it does not become our worship, our God, that it does not become the end of all. You know, tradition, what is tradition? Tradition, according to um, uh, different dictionaries, is the handing down orally of stories, beliefs, customs, the passing down of elements of culture, social groups, movements, and established practice having the effect of precedent or unwritten law. That's the, in a nutshell what traditions are. So we can see that traditions come not only in the religious sect, but also in the secular sect. Not only in, in, uh, in the religious time, but also right now in the times that we live. You know, the disciples said to Jesus, you know, as some may say to us, you know, do you not know that the Pharisees were offended when they heard this statement? Jesus, are you not aware that you offended them? You know, somebody may tell us, do you not know that you offended the cultural elites by saying what you said? Are you not aware, Christian, that you offended those? You know, Jesus was not concerned about political correctness. He was concerned about truth. He was concerned about telling people about the kingdom of God, not just about traditions. You know, traditions are minefields. The moment you step on one, brace yourselves. Get ready. You know, be, you, know you just woke up a sleeping giant. You know, or you just woke up um, whatever giant there is out there. You know, people get offended now as they did with Jesus when you talk about traditions. It doesn't matter if it's religious, family, cultural. It doesn't matter what kind anybody. You mess with your traditions, people just, you know, you wake up the sleeping giant. You know, so brace yourselves because whether it be the religious camp or the secular camp, people elevate traditions higher than God's word. And we see that in the church, in which is more scary. You know, they get offended simply because you're trying to make a burger out of their sacred cow. And sacred cows make the best burgers. 
you know, these traditions. Traditions, when misplaced, have a powerful effect, you know, upon those who hold them because they blind you. And this is the problem. The traditions, as we see when Jesus is calling out the hypocrisy, is exactly what happens today. Traditions blind us, not just religious traditions, any tradition that we pick up along the way that we elevate into sacred scripture, as sacred scripture. You know, Jesus said to them, leave them alone, let them alone. They are blind guides of the blind. And if a blind man guides a blind man, both will fall into a pit. In other words, don't follow after that. You know, they're just blind guides. You know, Jesus shares a few words in the gospel, and um, I think it was Matthew, Matthew 23 it is. And when he speaks of the Pharisees, and I want you to hear these words, because the Pharisees uh, uh, and the scribes, um, uh, you know, some would call them the Pharisees or the Sadducees, you know, all these religious folks, one of the things that, that, that they had is they elevated this over, over, over God's word all the time. And Jesus calls out hypocrisy. He doesn't just simply say, oh, you know, they're just, they're, they're just trying, to, uh, they're just trying to, um, to do what's best. Look what Jesus says in Matthew 23. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, you hypocrites, for you clean the outside of the cup and of the dish, but inside they are full of robbery and self-indulgence. You blind Pharisee. First clean the inside of the cup and of the dish so that the outside of it may become clean also. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you are like whitewashed tombs, which on the outside appear beautiful, but on the inside are full of dead man's bones and all uncleanliness. So you too outwardly appear righteous to men, but inwardly you are full of hypocrisy and lawlessness. So the problem was that the inner man was filthy and they were so concerned over the appearance you know, over, over the, out, the, the outer man. And Jesus is saying, look, man, it's not the outside of the cup that matters. It's the inside of the cup that matters. It's not just trying to keep these traditions that are going to keep you clean. It's the heart. It's the inner man that I care about. It's not that people see that you are righteous. It's that you truly are clothed in the righteousness of Christ. It's not that we give an appearance of godliness. It's that we truly walk in obedience of Christ. You know, brothers and sisters, you know, as Jesus said, we must, we must hear this. Hear and understand. Jesus wants your hearts. Jesus does not want just customs, just, just um, good hygiene, just a good, moral, uh, a good moral walk. He wants your whole heart. You know, he wants the deepest chamber of man, you know, where our passions, our desires, our affections come from. That's why in Proverbs 4.23 is a word that says, Watch over your hearts with all diligence, for from it flow the springs of life. In other words, guard your heart because this is where everything's going to be flowing out of. The minute we give our heart to something or someone else, that is what's going to be flowing out of our heart. You know, for the mouth speaks out of that which fills the heart. You know, and that's what Jesus cares about. He's not so concerned about what comes into the mouth as much as what comes out of the mouth. You know, society cares of what comes into the mouth maybe as much. But Jesus say, no, that doesn't defile you as much as what comes out of the mouth. You know, maybe, you know, you are like Peter. And they're saying, explain to us this parable for I don't understand it. I just don't get it. Jesus said, are you still lacking in understanding also? Even if you were to eat with unclean hands, everything that goes into the mouth passes into the stomach and is eliminated. But the, inner, but the things that proceed out of the mouth come from the heart. 
and those defile the man. In other words, even if you were to eat with these unclean hands, that is not the end. It's not the biggest deal. You know, the cleanliness is not... It's not the new religion. It ought not to be your religion. It, what, what comes out of the heart, the pure heart, is what he cares about. And the interesting thing is we see this throughout all scripture, how Jesus wants a whole heart. He wants everything of man. He doesn't just want us to practice certain things. He wants us to love him with all our heart. You know, a clean heart is going to take more, you know, than following CDC guidelines. You know, a clean heart is going to take much more than repeating the WHO mantra. You know, that's not what we ought to be focused upon. Traditions can clean you on the outside, but only God can clean the inner man. You know, one can help you look good, but God helps us to live good. You know, we ought not to lose focus on the eternal ramifications. And I'm speaking to the church, to all those who have an ear to hear. What matters is the word of God above every other word you know, we live in a time, and follow me close, we live in a time when people are more concerned over their physical well-being than their spiritual well-being, specifically speaking, the church. I'm speaking to everybody who's listening and those who will listen later on. We live in a time when we are more concerned over washing our hands and washing our hearts than we're more concerned over, over staying clean physically than staying clean spiritually. You know... They have elevated certain oral traditions, these people, right, whoever they are. They've elevated these certain oral traditions that they've heard over God's commandments. As good as those oral traditions may be, because they are, some of them are very good, they cannot be elevated, you know, as to the inspiration of Scripture, you know, and cannot take the place of what God has commanded us to do and to say regardless. You know, what are some traditions that we see that people pick up? You know, the, the traditions of isms is what we see nowadays, right? You know, the Pharisees had a lot of religious things uh, that, they, that, they were, that they were trying to keep. Now, nowadays, let me speak to the heart of the matter. You know, we have a lot of, we have the God of isms. Let me, let me explain to this. Traditions that people pick up, such as individualism, socialism, activism, dietism, nationalism, capitalism, liberalism, conservatism, feminism, Fa uh, fascism, veganism, you know, no matter the, no philosophy, ideology, or practice should take the place of our spiritual walk with Christ. You know, our hearts cannot be divided with Christ and isms. These isms that we prefer, these isms that we shame people for when they don't hold, that is not the Christian standard. Regardless of what society says, the Christian is not to shame people for things. We have something much greater, and it's the Word of God. And this Word teaching us to love neighbor, regardless of what they think. Regardless of their opinion, their opinions don't, is not the end of all. Regardless of where they stand in these things, that's not the end. God tells us, love me and love your neighbor. That's what he commanded us to do. And we cannot lose focus upon that mission for the sake of isms. You know, our spiritual health is of utmost importance, guys. The, the condition of your soul, believe me, is much more important than the condition of your hands. The, the condition of your soul is truly important. That is why we gather. That is why we read. That is why we worship God because of our, our soul needs nourishment. You know, and it cannot be downplayed, you know, uh, or put on neutral, you know, as some 
maybe do, you know, in this ever-changing world that we live in. You know, the world changes, and Christians just go along with it. You know, as if, as if Jesus, as is the marching orders of Jesus Christ have changed, they have not changed. Nothing has changed in Scripture. We have seen this throughout ages, throughout history. If you just read history, you see how culture impacts so much. You know, and, and the church ought not to just flow with everything else. You know, we ought to be transformed by the renewing of our mind by Scripture. You know, we ought to be renewing our heart, not, you know, conforming ourselves to the age, not conforming ourselves to the way of this world. Uh, that's what Scripture teaches us. We ought to be renewing ourselves, not conforming ourselves. You know, know this, that in Proverbs, a, a joyful heart is good medicine. But a broken spirit dries up the bones. And the only one that can give us a joyful heart is Jesus Christ. The best medicine for our souls is Christ himself. This joyful heart is good medicine for the soul. You know, that's why we have to guard our hearts, you know, with his word. Fill it with his word as much as we possibly can. Not with traditions and the love of self, because that's what it becomes. It's what I love. It's what I prefer. It's what makes me happy. That's the love of self. And, and Jesus says to die to self. You know, that's the call for us. He says, die to self. You know, pick up your cross and follow me. He doesn't just say, follow me if you can. No, he goes, because he knows we're not going to be able to fulfill that if we don't die to self. You're not going to be able to follow Jesus, you know, through the pressures of life, through the trolls of life, through all the haters of life, if you're not dying to self. Because the love of self, you know, it's like the, it's like the love of money. It's the root of all sorts of evils. You know, when you love money, you make something that could be good into something evil. It's the same thing. When I just love myself more than God, you know, that's not the intentions. The intention is to love God so I can learn how to love myself properly, that I can lay down my life, uh, that I can give my life onto Jesus as an offering, and then I can bear my cross, pick it up, and I can follow after Christ. You know, he who trusts in his own heart, is a fool, says Proverbs. In fact, all over Scripture, we see this. Those who trust their own heart, it's a foolish thing to do. You know, but he who walks wisely will be delivered. You know, when someone follows after their own heart, when somebody says, I'm just going to follow my heart, whatever my heart says is what I'm going to do. You know, that's just catastrophe. You know, that's why he says, for out of the heart, you know, then comes evil. You know, evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, forn fornications, thefts false witness, slander. You know, when man follows their heart, the heart is, is, is wicked. The heart needs something more than just feelings and just emotions. You know, we are to follow Christ, not hearts. We are to follow Jesus Christ, the commandments of God. Regardless of what our heart feels or does not feel, we are to follow Christ. You know, it's the blood of Christ being pumped into our lives, we can see this metaphorically, that helps us stay healthy and pure. It's the blood of Jesus Christ that purifies. It's the blood of Christ that saves us. It's the blood of Christ that pumped into our lives. You know, social norms, cultural norms are not enough, guys. It's not enough just to pick up these things. You know, these social norms that come up and, and die away later on. These cultural trends that die right now, you know, they'll be alive right now, and by January, most of them will be dead. You know, the heart of man needs something more than that. The heart of man needs the word of God. Man cannot live on bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. We cannot survive on the bread of this world alone. We need more nourishment. We need something more. It's not enough. 
You know, that is why we go to the word of God. You know, the heart of man, it says in Jeremiah 17, 9. This is the verse that we must know very well. The heart of man is more deceitful than all else. You know, and is desperately sick. Who can understand it? This is why we don't follow our hearts. The heart of man, you know, ought not to be driving the train. It ought to be Christ. It ought to be godliness. It ought to be Christ-likeness. It ought to be his word. Because our heart would change. Right now we're happy. Right now we're, we're, we're stable. The next moment something happens, you know, it's a catastrophe maybe. Whatever it is. The heart of man changes depending on circumstance. The heart of man, you know, it, it, you know, it, it needs to be constantly nourished, constantly taken care of, constantly cared for, guarded. This is why what comes into the heart really matters, not so much what comes into our mouth. You know, we ought not to be so concerned over these things as much as these things. The heart of man needs Christ. It needs God. Uh, you know, and we need to elevate that. We need to understand that this is what God's word tells us. You know, it's not those things that come into the mouth, but those things that come out of the heart that he cares about. You know, as I close on these thoughts, you know, in this story, in the, you know, this story in the gospel, uh, the Pharisees and the scribes, you know, had a heart problem. This is what the issue was. They had a heart problem. And their devotion and worship was only lip service. It was dead. It, all it was was lip service. It, they, they, it, all it was was outward appearance. All, it looked good, you know, to the eyes of man, but God saw the inner man, and it was not good. You know, we can say that their arteries, their spiritual arteries, were clogged with traditions. You know, as a result came dead religion. You know, they, they had wicked hearts, and, um, you know, Jesus says that they, they were teaching as doctrine the precepts of men. We know these precepts, you know, are not divinely inspired and cannot change hearts. It doesn't matter what precepts of men we follow. They cannot transform hearts. As good as they may be, they cannot save a soul. As, as clean as you can live, you cannot save your soul by cleanliness. You cannot save your soul by, by the isms of life. You need the blood of Christ. We need the grace of God. This is why uh, God came to us, because we could not do it ourselves. Because ever since the beginning of time, people have tried, you know, to, to, to earn the favor of God somehow, right? They try to earn it, and God says, no, this is not the way it works. This is why it's called grace. We live on his grace. We depend upon his grace, not upon what we can do. For our heart is sick, it's desperately sick, and we need of God. We need him to cleanse us day to day, not just Sundays, but every day. Because tomorrow, things are going to come in, and we need to guard it. We need to guard what we hear, what we see, where we're at. We need to guard our hearts that our love will not decrease, but will only increase in Christ. You know, and so, and we have to be careful because when we elevate any sort of tradition, you know, it, it's, it, we're going to be prone to shaming those who don't keep these traditions. And we see this in culture. We see this in all kinds of things. When people don't do certain things that we do, you know, may, we may not say it openly, but we say internally, and that's what God sees. And we have to be careful that we don't shame those who don't live as we do. If God doesn't command it, well, then God does not command it. And so we have to be very careful with this. Whether you agree or disagree, we have to go to Scripture. This is not about my opinion. It's about what God's Word says. And that's the end of all. You know, may the God of heaven and earth speak to our hearts, guys, and to the church. We need to hear the Word of God more now than ever. You know, may His, you know, may his mercy be upon the church. 
You know, we need to pray that God's mercy be upon the church. Seriously, not just upon the world, but upon the church that has, that has picked up all kinds of oral traditions and elevated them much more important than any banner of Christ. So we, have to be, we, we ought to be praying this. And may he pierce our hearts this morning, you know, through his word and lead us into a godly sorrow that produces repentance. You know, godly sorrow is good. It produces repentance. When God makes us see things, when God opens our eyes, when, we, when our heart is contrite, when there's piercing, that is a good thing. You know, that is a good thing that God speaks into our lives, rips open our heart, and says, I love you, therefore I want to change you. It's a good thing. It's a, it's a horrible thing when we harden our hearts and we think we know more than God. When we harden our hearts and we think we know more than everyone else. When we harden our hearts and we think that our opinion is as important as God's word. That's what we need to be careful. That's why godly sorrow produces repentance. And it is the kindness of God you know, that, that allows this repentance. It is God being kind to us, God being loving, that he makes us see things in Scripture, and, and it leads us into repentance. You know, it, that's only when we're, that's until then we will see the, the beauty of God and the grace of God, and um, it, it takes repentance, guys, and that's, uh, that's something that we don't hear as much. Uh, we hear it once in a while, uh, but the church needs to repent of many things. We, that we pick up many, many things along the way that are more important than God in our eyes. Whether, like I said, whether we say it or not, God knows the inner man. So it's not just what we vocalize, it's what we truly believe in the heart. And so we need to be very careful with that. And may his, may his spirit cleanse us and wash us and make us pure. So let us pray. Um, let us pray and ask God for, for help, guys, that our traditions do not, are not elevated to God's commandments that our heart be pure, that our heart be right before God. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for this uh, Lord's Day, Lord. We thank you for your goodness and for who you are, God. As we read Scripture, Lord, I pray that our hearts um, be clean and be directed to you, that our motives be clean, and may we serve you with sincerity of heart, wholeheartedly, and with a willing mind. May we never forsake your way. May we draw near with the true heart, in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. May our lives demonstrate, not just verbally, but physically, that we are followers of Jesus Christ. I pray for my brothers and sisters, those listening now and those listening later on, God, that you help us, God, examine our walk, examine our life, the things that we pick up in this world, that we don't elevate them any higher than what you desire, God. I pray that we live righteous lives, holy lives, pure lives, and that we love our neighbor, that we love neighbor. God, I pray for a heart of repentance, God, upon our lives, that we love those who we disagree with, that we love those who do not have the same opinion as us. That we love those who think differently. God, I pray that we love. I pray that the love of Christ would literally be demonstrated out of our Christian walk. Out of the fruit of being in communion with you. Strengthen us and give us grace in a heart of repentance. Week to week and day to day. And if needed, hour to hour, God. Change our ways, God. And make us more like you. We thank you for your grace, for your mercy. And we pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Well, God bless you all. And uh, I pray that God's word will nourish you and, uh, and encourage you. 
And uh, I pray that the church will be blessed uh, throughout the week. And again, I pray that you guys will stay in communion with the Lord. Stay in your word. Live in the word of God. Visit many books. Live in the Bible. Visit many places, but live in communion with him. And uh, thank you guys and love you all. And we shall see you midweek. Thank you.